This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Blown up urine. An ear roach. Danny DeVito Day. Come celebrate. Kerry Woods 20 strikeout game. Ad nauseum. And Rick's brush with Mr. Blackwell. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Another episode of Minutia Man with your good pals, Rick and Dave. Another episode of Minutia Man with your good pals, Rick and Dave. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, this is it. This is where we are now, huh? You know what you did. What? What? Tell me, tell me what I did. Well, if you don't know what you did, well, I'm not going to tell you what you did. All right. I, I, I have a feeling I know what this is all about. This is about mm-hmm. Dave being a little baby because I have another podcast now. Isn't that right, Dave? <sighs> no, I'm fine. I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> Go have your little soccer podcast. I don't care. I hope you're very happy with Adam. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody uh, your new podcast, how excited you are with your new podcast? He's much nicer to me. I will say that. He is much nicer to me. Uh, I have a new podcast called Free Kicks, and I do it with Adam Howarth, who is a is the director of coaching for the Illinois Youth Soccer Association. And and he's a very nice man. I saw his picture. He's got a hell of a head of hair, doesn't he? Well, it's I mean, it covers the whole head. <laughs> that in my book, that's a hell of a head of hair. It's it's okay. like a crew cut. But yeah, uh, I don't care. <laughs> there's no holes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Covers a whole top. Yeah, he, you know what? I think me and Adam are going to do a podcast. Are you? What, yeah. what are you going to talk America, about? You, uh, his hair. See, I don't care. If you Anything. could talk about soccer, I would be doing it with you. Uh, well, I think for one, and this is in a rare moment of sincerity, uh, I think it's a great podcast. I listened to your first episode. I think you guys have chemistry. A little, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's it's a sportsy chemistry, not the chemistry. Uh, but I think it's a great idea, and um, I understand that evidently soccer is kind of popular. I think throughout the world, I don't know. I've well, heard. we got a big World Cup coming up this summer. That was kind All of right. the inspiration for me to get it going, and and plus, Vinny did little things like this for me. Premier League football. What's happening on the pitch? So we got some, <laughs> we got some of those. You know, it doesn't say Adam and Rick on it. So if you want, if we ever need to use those on this podcast, we can. <laughs> if we want to just talk soccer, right? Or, if you ever need uh, this one, hang on. If you ever need this one, all right. Here we go. In this country, we call it soccer, partner. <laughs> if we ever need that, <laughs> we got it. Uh, I like that one. Yeah, I like uh, that one too. That's a little anti-American-y, too. Or, or, uh, not yeah, not anti-American. There's the, you know, li- anti-American little- soccer, maybe. <laughs> right. Uh, now you're going to be talking about what's happening in soccer, right? I mean, Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I just I got to scratch that itch. And, you know, it's already paying off for me. Would you uh, like to know how? Uh, sure. Other than the compromising of a 30-year friendship with me, sure. What what? great benefit has has happened well there's also a compromising of a 25-year marriage 
Uh, oh, are you are you doing the honey? I got to watch this soccer game for the exactly. podcast routine. Exactly, <laughs> I have to. The whole podcast honey. is about soccer. If I don't watch these games, what can I possibly talk about? Honey, Real Madrid is playing Manchester United. I gotta watch. <laughs> I have to. It's my yeah, job. I, I don't want to. Uh, well, I hope you two are very happy. Batting your balls around play on your little soccer. <laughs> we can't broadcast. use our hands, Dave. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Hey, um, you know, when you're in the public eye like us, and we are. Oh, you know, are we? Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, we have a, you have a certain responsibility to serve the greater good, don't you think? Oh, no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think we did that just last week. Uh, when we started what I can only describe as an international conversation on a very polarizing issue. You, of course, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I right? do. <laughs> uh, okay. For those of our listeners who didn't catch last week's show, we discussed if it was appropriate to use the handicap stall in a bathroom, public bathroom, when there's simply no, you know, other options. Yeah. You took the position that under no circumstance should you ever <laughs> right. use a public toilet yeah. to do, you know. If your uh, bowels explode, any- they explode. That's, <laughs> right, right, that's right, how right. I look at it. <laughs> right. A ruptured colon is preferable to crapping at a public restroom. Right, right exactly. Um, I, on the other hand, have absolutely no issues whatsoever uh, lay- laying cable pretty much anywhere, right? Uh, do you know, by the way, do you know how long my first two years of uh, college were? Actually, for a freshman year, we had sweet mates, but my sophomore year of college in a dorm, uh, a dorm floor where all guys had to share the bathroom. Do you have yeah. any idea how hard that was for me? <laughs> Do you remember when we uh, we lived in the pit and the bathroom, you had to sit in a weird Sideways. Way to- you had to sit sideways because <laughs> there was no room for the for, for your legs. Oh, that was some good living there, wasn't it? Yeah, and people Uh, would just walk in willy-nilly because there was no lock on the door. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've gone through some tough times. Uh, So, uh, but the first, so before before you get to it, the first day of sophomore year, when I had to to use the restroom, (laughs) and I I sat in my in the stall, and there were six other stalls all being used, and I heard the. The uh, symphony of sounds <laughs> all coming, you know, like on the line, uh, you know, right. uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, all the way. And like, this is it. I'm going to be going uh, at four in the morning. It's all I can do. <laughs> I'm not eating again. Uh, <laughs> all right. So sorry. I didn't didn't mean to interrupt uh, your. Uh, so we're a divided house. Me and you. Yeah, we right? are. I mean, uh, uh, but not only. Is this a partisan discussion amongst ourselves? Um, I, I, we conducted a very scientific poll on Twitter. Did you see this? I did I see this, yes. Okay. And we asked the question, do you feel guilty when you have to use the handicap stall? And the results, did you see what the results were? It was 50-50, right? 50, it's like gun control, right? <laughs> so some people think it's fine and some people And there don't. weren't just um, like four votes. There were you know, multiple votes. There were quite yeah, a few votes. Yeah. Uh, now, not only have we struck a chord with this polling, we're getting mail. We're getting through our, well, I guess it's our tweets mail. Yeah, they're yeah, mail, sure. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've got some messages from our listeners about, I don't know if you saw any of this. I did not, uh, no. Okay. Here's a message that we got from Mike M. from Barrington, Illinois. Okay. okay. 
if I couldn't use the handicap stall, I'd shit my pants three times a week. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So he's firmly team handicap stall. So he's on your side. Yeah. Right. Um, this was my what. A, this is this is brilliant. David B from Missouri writes in. Okay. Um, and this and, and this really underscores the partisan nature of this issue. Yeah. You liberals drive me crazy. Okay. <laughs> So when you start, when something, when someone starts a note like that, it's not a fluff piece, right? Okay. Don't you, say fluff when we're talking about bathrooms. Okay. So you, you, you liberals drive me crazy. Uh, you people are outraged when Donald Trump mocks a disabled person, yet you have no problem, and I quote, club footing your ass out of there to save things. <laughs> you yeah, uh, know, he has a point. Right, right. <laughs> David B. is, of course, <laughs> referencing the fact that after I used the handicap stall and getting busted by a guy in the wheelchair, I thought the best course of action was to fake a ridiculously over top. You know, uh, yeah, so, so, I, yeah. This is the, the, David this B., is the, I'm with you. Those stinking yeah, liberals. Well, yeah, well played. Touche, David B. Uh, <laughs> and finally, Finally, August shot us a note, and he's from Ireland. So it's time for you to break out your Irish accent. Oh, hello, August. <laughs> uh, in my town in Ireland, you can get fined for using the handicap stall if you're not impaired. Really? So, so I have a question. Is there a division within the police department that specializes in preventing <laughs> the unlawful? Seamus, yeah, you know. up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How was your day at work, honey? Oh, my Give God, me a few minutes, would you? <laughs> exactly. I staked out the Mexican restaurant, and oh, I was up into my eyeball with paperwork. Uh, so, so there you go. It's it's a divided house, my friend. Uh, 50-50, so there, okay. there you are. All right. All right. All right. Glad we have covered this subject <laughs> so thoroughly. It's a, you know, we are... The, pub, the airwaves, we don't own the airwaves, right? We just, nope, that's uh, right. we're public servants. So this is, this okay. is what we do. All right. Should we get to some minutiae too? Sure. Right, Cue up on. the. I've got it. Here we go. This week's minutiae with Rick and Dave. What do you got, Dave? Okay. This story comes out of Denver and this actually segs perfectly with the discussion that we just had. Uh -oh. Um, yeah, this is very highbrow radio. I can't believe we're not doing morning drive. On <laughs> I can't believe it either. Right. Okay. Woman fined after urine sample damages 7-Eleven microwave, police say. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, a Denver woman was cited Thursday for allegedly causing damage to a 7-Eleven store's microwave oven when she tried to heat a urine sample. Well, why a would she heat? Well, I'm sorry. I have an, I'm sorry. I have an I'm answer. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, a store clerk reported seeing the suspect identified as Angelique Sanchez, 26. She placed something in the Aurora, Colorado store, the 7-Eleven in Aurora, Colorado. And the clerk then heard a loud, a loud bang a few seconds later. Um, so the clerk investigated and told Sanchez, you have to clean up this mess or I'm going to call police. So Sanchez wiped out the microwave using napkins onto the floor. Just whatever the liquid was on the floor, she just like wiped it onto the floor. You know, just kind of you know spewed it out of the yeah, sure out yeah. of the yeah. yeah uh, um, and this is reported by um, KOAA TV. Um, so then the clerk investigated 
and noticed that it was a yellow liquid and it was the smell and the smell was unquestionably urine. Oh, All right. God. Yeah. Okay. So this is where it gets weird. Uh, <laughs> was it up until here? It was normal. Right. Okay. Uh, police found Sanchez about a half a mile away at a health clinic where she was waiting to go undergo a physical exam and a urinalysis for a potential job. Okay, I see where uh, so, this is going. Right. So one of the quality check measures for a urine screening is making sure that the sample is at body temperature at around 98.6 degrees. So Angelique got urine from somebody else probably maybe two, two, you know, maybe a week and a half ago and it got cold. I don't know. So she's like, I have to I have to heat this to 98.6 degrees or it's not going to count for my urinalysis. Um uh, so, and apparently she uh, doesn't have a microwave in her house. <laughs> Evidently. And had to go to course. a 7-Eleven. Right. Or she doesn't have her own urine, which may not, the urine may not have passed, obviously, right? Yeah. So um, so there you go. Um, I so wanted Angelique Sanchez to be our first guest on Minutia Men, and I desperately tried to find her. Did you really? Uh, yeah, I did. I found an Angelique Sanchez um, from a suburb of of Colorado, of, uh, it was in in Aurora actually, but she did not respond. And I found her email address as well, uh, and she did not respond to my interview request. So <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that's really surprising because <laughs> uh, I'm sure we would have treated her with uh, the uh, utmost respect. Uh, and and you know that every wacky podcast and radio show has probably been trying to get her on. I would assume. I would um, too. You know, I have my own, I have a urine collection store. You want to hear this? <laughs> uh, as, right. as you know, as you know, I have all girls, right? Yes. As you know. Uh, and about eight years ago or so, I had to take the twins by myself for their annual checkup because Michelle was working or out of town or whatever. They must have been, I don't know, four, three or four years old. Uh, well, you know, the doctor's. You know, part of their shtick is to analyze urine, right? Right, sure. And the kids were too small to collect it themselves. So I had to accompany oh, them geez. accompany them with the little jars and, like, you know, stick my hand under, uh, you know, yeah. uh, under the spout and get it. And I had it. And remember, there's twins. So it was a, you know, two-for-one sale. Yeah. Uh, and when I got back to the office, the receptionist, who we had already, you know, Lila was seven, so it was the same doctor. Um she just smiled at which, and she called me father of the year for doing it. So, yeah. So there you go. Uh, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. yeah so, um, so there you go. Angelique Sanchez, if you're going to hire her for all the employers out there that need urine tests, I would have Angelique Sanchez. I would definitely be, be leery of Angelique Sanchez's urine. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, well, I've got a story that actually uh, is worse than that. <laughs> if you're ready, I've got some audio here. What's wrong with you, Florida? Uh, because that's where it takes place. The story takes place in Florida. And um, be ready to squirm. You ready for okay. this? Katie Holly uh, was jolted awake by a cold thing. What she initially mm. thought was a small piece of ice that had somehow slid down her left ear. Disoriented, she rushed to the bathroom, grabbed a cotton swab, and slowly stuck it inside her ear. 
Holly felt something move. It was like a rhythmic movement. She recalled, as if you know what. Whatever. You know what? This is you're doing. You're doing this like the uh, night before Christmas. I love the way that you're setting this up. Right, go. Kids, <laughs> kids, gather around because Uncle Rick's going to tell you a story. As if whatever that thing was was trying to burrow deeper into her ear canal. She pulled out the cotton swab. And she saw small, dark brown pieces that looked like legs. <laughs> that morning, April 14th, around 1.45 a.m., her husband, Jordan, rushed to the bathroom to help his panicking wife, grabbed a flashlight, looked inside her ear, and there it was. A small part, still visible from the outside as it stayed there, lodged in the middle of the ear canal. Jordan Holly managed to pull out a couple of legs. Now we got using tweezers but the intrepid bug had crawled in too deep so the young couple drove to the emergency room just a few miles away a nurse injected the bug into the ear with the anesthetic lidocaine to try to kill it holly said she felt the roach move twitching and wriggling <laughs> further into her ear as it tried to avoid death it was squirming left and right. This is, and this is a story of survival. <laughs> Go ahead. Two minutes later, it stopped moving. Okay. It took the doctor about 20 <laughs> seconds to pull out chunks of the dead roach, and Holly saw what she thought was the remains of a small insect. And she left the hospital nearly two hours later with a prescription for antibiotics and eardrops, and she thought it was all over. She and her husband vowed to never let the experience happen again. They actually stopped at Walmart on the way home and bought earplugs <laughs> just to make sure that it didn't happen again. Uh I would have brought. I would have bought Darth Vader helmets. I think to, to make the story's sure. not over, Dave. About a week passed. <laughs> Holly's ear still did not feel normal. It oh, was no. still numb. She said, and she had some discomfort every time she yawned. Her medicine had begun to leak out, leading her to think that perhaps earwax had built up inside. So she went to oh. another doctor, and using an otoscope, they peeked inside, and there was another leg. The doctor placed what looked like a microscope next to her face, and a few minutes later, she felt something bigger. And then there's something bigger yet. And as she extracted it out of her ear canal, she saw it. Not a teensy leg or two, but the remains of a full-grown roach. A head, a torso, limbs, long antenna, looked to be a fully grown bug. For nine days, this bug lived inside of her ear. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm like shaking. My palms are sweating. But now, <laughs> she's fine. I'm, I'm exhausted. I mean, imagine how disgusting oh, that is. <laughs> Oh my God! That well, that reminds me. Do you remember in the, is it the Wrath of Khan, the movie? Yes. When when Ricardo Montalban put a ear weir or like an eel in Chekhov's ear. Do you know? No, you know I, I don't. About? I don't remember this. Uh, and I just remember the whole movie theater going. Oh God, yeah, that's yeah. The, the, the cockroaches are just so disgusting, just in general. Oh, uh, but ha just the thought of it living inside your oh. ear. Oh, I know. Uh, the uh, right. oh, I, I apologize, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, but I thought I wanted to share that story in the most dramatic fashion possible. Uh, uh, I would take 
10 trips to the doctor collecting urine from my four-year-old twins than one cockroach <laughs> in a deer. I couldn't agree uh, more. Um, hey, we got a winner. Oh, good. Uh, Brent Mullins from Merrillville, Indiana, just down the street, basically, um, won our retweet and follow contest. And all Brent did, he followed and retweeted one of our tweets. And then he, we, we put you in a random drawing. And um, you have a chance to win a prize pack worth up to $25, just like Frank did. Uh, he won Down at the Golden Coin by Kim Strickland. Uh, one Amish Chicago coffee mug. We're running out of Amish Chicago coffee mugs. And those are collector's uh, items because those will never come back co- again. Uh, a crying cup t-shirt. We're also running out of crying cup t-shirts. Uh, but we've been doing it for, what, almost two years? Yeah. That gives you an indication of how many how many. <laughs> How many T-shirts that Dave overbought? And, I, I was uh, thinking last week that we may start selling those again. Well, yeah, they uh, although they they've won two in a row. Yeah, they? now I'm back all on right. board. Uh, and Brent also will win a kind breakfast bar, almond mint. I bought a big box at Costco yesterday. Gonna throw in a uh, kind breakfast bar for him too. Wow, that's like uh, a special bonus. Yeah, and you know what? We'd also like to welcome our four thousandth Twitter follower. Uh, terrible book club is the name of the tw- Twitter <laughs> feed. Uh, I hope they're not there f- here for our publishing company. Yeah, I hope so uh, too. But um, but uh, congrats! Yeah, four thousand followers. I think that's pretty good. That's so not yeah, bad for a couple of schmoes, a couple of middle aged schmoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, subscribe. You can subscribe to our podcast via Stitcher or. Um, Google Play or iHeartRadio app. Uh, you can go on the Radio Misfits uh, website, which is radiomisfits.com. You can subscribe there. You can listen to our show. You can subscribe to all the other great shows that are on. Like Free network. Kicks with Rick and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, you, got, you got any more yeah. minutia for us, Dave? You know what? I think it's uh, time to change gears a little bit. Uh Let's do a happy story. Yes, you? happy, okay. happy. Yeah. No uh, bugs, no pee, no poop. Uh, if you live in New Jersey, you're going to have a new holiday to celebrate later this year. You know, Governor Phil Murphy announced that from this day forward, November 17th will forever be known as Danny DeVito Day. Uh, oh, I love Danny DeVito. Yeah, of course. This, of course, honors the beloved actor who starred in such hits as what? Taxi. Yeah. Uh, one, one flew over the cuckoo's nest twins. Uh, every uh, movie that came out in the 1980s, <laughs> right? Every cartoon character that yeah. needed a uh-huh. gruff, gruff, but lovable, uh, voice. Um, you know, Danny DeVito hails from New Jersey. So, um, Danny DeVito day and I, and, and I'm not sure what the rituals will be and how you would celebrate, but I'm going to celebrate it by getting fat and bald. <laughs> and I think that's what I, you know, and I can do that. Um, you what know, I, I never, I never met Danny DeVito, but I heard he's got a bad temper. So watch out, because he, he, if he gets angry, he may just haul off and punch you in the knee. Really? Well, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of short. He's kind of short. <laughs> we should, we should do this in Illinois, shouldn't we? Get a celebrity day, like a Chicago celebrity or an Illinois celebrity day. Uh, sure, you got what you got uh, one in mind. Uh, what about John Cusack Day? Oh no, absolutely not. No, everybody gets a has to have a real bad hair colored dye job <laughs> and walk around with yeah. a boombox held over your head. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, 
Jim Belushi Day. We just have to talk no. about our. Well, this is a pathetic our, state. You got you got any uh, better than that? Uh, we could do Hillary Clinton Day and just uh, go to somebody's house and never leave. <laughs> <laughs> you you liberals crack me up. <laughs> so there you go, uh, Danny DeVito Day, November seventeenth in New Jersey. Okay. Well, I have to uh, go there. That, that sounds like mm. fun. Uh, mm. it, I believe it is time for our uh, Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is just one bad century with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave. So this week, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but it was the anniversary of the 20 strikeout game with Gary Wood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like... <laughs> It's like Pearl Harbor Day around here for a guy who threw a one hitter. Who gives a crap? But go on, go uh, on with your yeah. little. If you don't live in Chicago, you you have not been inundated with the uh, with this Kerry Wood story. But it has just been everywhere here. Yeah, I and know, I know. and I have a story about that day myself, my personal story, and that is I was actually at that game. And and here's mm-hmm. how this story went, Dave. I was working at the radio station with John Landecker and Catherine Johns, and we had a very good morning show on WJMK, Oldies 104.3. We were doing well in the ratings. Um, we had a, uh, a fully functioning show going on. There were three producers on the show, myself and two others, uh, Vince Argento and Tom Sikowski. And it was a, a well-oiled machine. We were in the top 10 mm-hmm. in Chicago. Everything was going great. Um, however... Certain things about our show were not appreciated by the management. And so they called us into the office one day and they said, you know what? We're changing your show completely. Starting tomorrow, you're not having any celebrity guests on. You're playing 10 records an hour. Uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, you know, no phone segments. So they, they went through all this. Basically, whatever you're doing right now, tomorrow, you're not doing any of it. Uh. And we had a staff of three producers to produce this show. And, I, you know, the show that they were describing could be done by, you know. Right. A monkey. By you and me. Yeah. For a half hour before. Right. Sure. Right. So my fellow producers and I realized that our days were numbered on this show. Yeah. So I took my two buddies, Tom and Vince, and, and took them to the Cubs game so that we could get loaded. Yeah. Get wasted. Yeah. The world's It was one o'clock so in the, the afternoon. You know, <laughs> so, so was 98, 1998. So that was the year they made the playoffs, wasn't it? So it was. Pretty, um, but they probably didn't draw very well. on. No. A, in fact, it was Tuesday a freezing cold day yeah. and uh, it was kind of rain raining a little bit. Um, it was really unpleasant out there. It was a very small crowd. I want to say it was like. You know, fifteen thousand people. Yeah, maybe. No, it wasn't. It's like sixty million people. No, I know. Let me finish the story. Let me finish the story. So uh, we were there doing what we had planned to do, which was getting loaded. And around the fifth inning or so, I asked the guy sitting next to me. I'm like, you know, this Kerry Wood is striking out a lot of batters how many have any idea how many strikeouts there were it it was it was already like 12 strikeouts or 14 strikeouts so from that point on we actually paid attention to the game and it was very exciting the cubs won it was a one hitter that one hit was an infield squib hit maybe the best pitched game in history if you listen to the coverage this past week uh so that was my that was my story about that day 
Years later, I'm on the Bob Surratt show uh, talking about something. I don't remember what. One of my books. I'm in the lobby, and Carrie Wood walks in because he's going to be the next guest. All right. And Carrie Wood is, is sitting there with me, and I, I turned to him and I said, listen, I just got to tell you this. Yeah. And I just, did you did you do it in your Irish accent? <laughs> and one day I was I was watching the game. No. I said I said to him, "Look, you know, I I can't believe I get a chance to tell you this, but I was there that day that you got that twenty strikeouts." And he looked at me and goes, "I probably had a million people tell me that." <laughs> yeah, right. For, and the tw- there's only twelve thousand four hundred twelve yeah. people that really can say that. I said, um, "I swear to God, I've got a ticket stub." Like, mm, yeah, mm, sure, whatever. He didn't believe me. Um, what I do remember about that game, well, I, a couple things I remember: the umpire pretty generous with the strikes. I'm just going to say, uh, but yeah, he pitched a good game. Good for you. But that hit that you guys are all complaining about, how it should have been an error. Yeah, that was a cover. Kevin Ory. Kevin Ory. Yeah. yeah. What well, it was a hit. So stop complaining. Okay. All right. It was it was a hit. But yeah, okay, Kerry Wood, you know, um hey, congratulations, you got a one hitter. You're no <laughs> Phil Humber who pitched a perfect game. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm just realizing as I'm sitting here with you that I don't know where the celebrity potpourri clip is. Um maybe is this it? Hang on, you ready? Time now for Rick and Dave to both share a story or two about things going on in their lives. Involving the kids, the wives, or or both. both. And now, Rick and Dave. Okay, so let's make that the celebrity potpourri clip for this week. Uh, This is the part of the show where Dave uh, reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of the time I met that celebrity. Um, Mr. Blackwell, he's the... Like in the sixty, you know, the seventies or when he was like the, the fashion guy, right? The uh, Mr. Blackwell, yeah. right? Yes, that's right, Mr. Uh, Blackwell. Every year he came out with um, the worst dress list, right? He was he was kind of bitchy, you know. He he mm-hmm. uh, he he would go on, I think, Johnny Carson show, or you know, he'd go on like mm-hmm. on like national shows and and reveal his list of the worst dressed and. All of Hollywood feared him. They, nobody wanted mm-hmm. to be on this list. And one day, Stephen Geary, uh, we we're doing the show, and and he wanted Steve wanted me to get Mr. Blackwell on the show. And I don't remember how I did this exactly, how I found him. Um, but I did find him in Los Angeles, and I got his home number. And I called his home number, and the... This the reason I remember this well is because it was like the like a stereotype. Now I don't want to I don't want to um, I don't want to sound like I'm <laughs> you know you darn liberals, uh, but uh, <laughs> but right, right. you know I gotcha. I gotcha. I, you know he was, was he a, a little, player. He was a fashion designer. He was gay. Uh, um, right. he, he was a little he, effeminate. A little effeminate. He had a, a you know he was you know like a give you know very uh, catty. Mm-hmm. And his his uh, partner uh, answered the phone, and and he asked me who I was and if I wanted to talk to Mister Blackwell, uh, you know, I, and I said yes. And then he just started this tirade, put the phone down, and just started ripping him 
in the same kind of catty way that <laughs> Mr. Blackwell ripped everyone else. And right before he picked up the phone to talk to me, he goes, you're just a bitch. And he, like, yes, hello. <laughs> now, I, you know, it was 1988 or whatever, you know, it was a long time ago. Sure. And, and, you know, I'm not trying to. It, like like they say in Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with it. Right, right. Of course, of course. Uh, but, uh, that's that's uh, my well. Story. Even I mean, if you would have if you would have called a guest and they were fighting with their wife or husband or whatever, and she he yelled that to his wife too, you'd remember the story. Too. I, I would remember the story. Beginning. In fact, there is a <laughs> there is another story in the Costco jar that is a husband wife story, a celebrity couple. Which I will tell some day okay. in the future, but I'm not going to tell it right now. All right. Well, anyway, that's my story, Mr. Blackwell. Uh, and rest in peace, Mr. Blackwell. He died just a few years later. He was, I think he died in the early 90s, but uh, I got to know him fairly well because we ended up having him on every year um, to uh, discuss this. And, you know, he was, a, he was a very nice, very nice gentleman on the phone after that first <laughs> initial time that I got old. Did he stay together with his partner? Were yes, they... he did. Yes, oh, he did. Okay. Uh, he oh called him God. his executive assistant at that time. <laughs> okay, that well, that you know what I'm going to start calling my wife that. And see how that goes. <laughs> well, in those days, you know, people were not out of the closet. He had to. Yeah. He had yeah, to do that. Sadly. So, yeah. if you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, uh, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. Uh, you can also email us if you'd like at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, this episode, like every episode, has been produced by Tony Lasano and Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of... Minutia Men. And Free Kicks. <laughs> Sorry. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up?